feel better. High interest rates won't kill stocks. It's Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I'm Jason Kelly. something I haven't done yet in the podcast, and that is focus on a section of last weekend's Kelly Letter. This section was so important that I think it needs to go out to a wider audience as a way to feel better through this this period of despondency when all the news about finance is bad, everything about the Federal Reserve is bad, everything related to the stock market is down, 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 except volatility and interest rates, which are up, up, up. And the message of hope that I put into last Sunday's Kelly letter, one part of that message of hope, because it was a multi-part message of hope, is that inflation is a much bigger deal to the stock market than interest rates. And I think the market has had this wrong, particularly the commentary that talks incessantly about how high the Federal Reserve is going to raise its federal funds rate. And then what that's going to do to general interest rates and how much that's going to grind the economy to a halt. And there's this this big gap that turns into a, therefore, stocks will be crushed. That is not the case, according to history. And it is very important to keep this front and center. Because contrary to that being the case, it's the opposite. Interest rates, when they're coming, sorry, inflation rather, when it's coming down, is a wonderful tailwind for stocks. And I believe we are not far away from that phase of this market. I can't know exactly when. You know by now, if you know me at all, that I don't forecast. But we're pretty far into this campaign of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, tightening its policy, and quite a bit of inflation data are looking muted. So it seems to me that we're probably not too far away from inflation coming down, which history shows has been very good for the stock market, even when interest rates are up. There's your preview. Let's dive in. Look, it comes down to being this simple. If inflation were no big deal, would the Fed be so determined to squash it? Probably not. Inflation is a big deal, one of the biggest, which is exactly why the Fed is hard on the case. Now, Jerome Powell, the the chairman of the Federal Reserve, has made this abundantly clear. He did so starting last spring by saying that that we're we're serious about about inflation. We are going to get it down. We're going to do whatever it takes to get it down. Not, Not exactly those words, but that was the messaging of it all. And then over summer, it felt like financial markets ignored that because, frankly, we got pretty muted inflation data starting in July so that that people were saying, hey, maybe peak inflation has already happened. Therefore, the Fed won't have to crank up the federal funds rate as high as it's threatening and we won't get this tight policy. Well, a month ago in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Powell nipped that in the bud saying, hey, look, we're not joking around here. We haven't had inflation data low enough for us to back off. We're going to keep on this hard until that inflation data go down, those inflation data go down, and it might cause some pain. You know, and I believe we've had plenty of that pain over the last month or so. Stocks are down. Sentiment is way down. People are quite depressed. You can, you can pick up on that just talking to anybody about stocks. The, the general response would just be, don't talk to me about stocks, basically, which is a pretty good sign of low sentiment. And then actual sentiment indicators are quite low, too. 
Well, one of the reasons for that is that everybody is fixated on what's going to happen to interest rates. Very few people are talking about inflation itself. It's almost as if inflation is the afterthought. It's like, well, because we have this inflation, Powell's going nuts and he's going to keep cranking interest rates up until they crush our economy. Unspoken is this idea that if inflation is not taken care of, that will be what crushes the economy. And if it gets too far out of control, it'll be much harder to get it back under control. And that's what Powell and the Fed are, are trying to avoid, trying to prevent. It is true that they're, they're late. They've, I don't think they've actually said that explicitly. But, but you know, they were saying in the beginning of 2021 that it was going to be transitory. Many people believe them. Frankly, I thought inflation would be transitory because it was all related to supply chains being gummed up from the pandemic. It was obvious the pandemic was over, so supply chains should open up and inflation should go away. But there was more to it than that. And so anybody who thought inflation was going to be more temporary than it has been was wrong, and, and that group included the Fed. So even though they haven't come right out and say, we blew it, uh, it's pretty clear that they did by waiting as long as they did. They should have started raising interest rates in 2021. Well, they didn't. That started this year in 2022. And now we're up to a, a 3% slightly plus federal funds rate, and which is, which is fairly far along in this campaign, given that the Fed said it's, it, 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 it's assessment of where that Fed funds rate is going to top out is, is it from 4.6%. So the market basically prior to last week's rate hike was assuming that, that the Fed funds rate would top out at about 4%. Now the way to describe it is about 5%. And we're up to a little over 3% now. So a little farther to go this year. And then, and then probably another quarter point, half point or something next year, and maybe no, no reduction. This is all speculation, but, but that's the latest speculation based on the Fed's latest report. The question then is, all right, if, if, if the, the, the Fed's campaign to reduce interest rates is going to work, uh, will it be worth the pain associated with the higher interest rates and other type policy? But we'll focus on higher interest rates for the purpose of, of this episode. The good news is stocks have actually appreciated through both um, in high inflation and, and let me get this phrasing right, the stock market has appreciated through both periods of rising interest rates and falling ones. So interest rates are really not, not what's of most concern to the, the market. In fact, it's much more concerned with, with the, the rate of inflation, which is why the trade-off we're getting from the Fed right now looks pretty good to me. Let's go to Fed data for a second here. According to the St. Louis Fed and its, its FRED data set, uh, that's Federal Reserve Economic Data, the following is the path of the federal fund's effective rate since 1955. In January 1955, 1%. January 1960, 4%. January 1979, 9%. January 1980, 14%. January 1990, 8%. January 2000, 5%. January 2010, 0%. January 2022, 2%, and 3% now. As you can hear, uh, that went from almost zero. It was 1% in the mid-1950s, all the way up to a peak around 14% in, in January 1980. It actually went higher than that, but right around there. And then it started coming down. 
Um, 10 years later, it was down to 8%. 10 years after that, 5%. 10 years after that, in January 2010, 0%. And, and now we're only up to 3%. So it's been, what, the the 80s, the 90s, the zeros, and the 10s were mostly falling. So nearly four decades of a of a falling federal funds rate. And stocks have done well during that period, but not the whole time. Right? I mean, think of the 1980s. It was a big crash. Remember, that's where we got the, the October mega crash, right? And then in the, in the 1990s, we had the dot-com bust. In the zeros, we had the subprime mortgage crash, the worst thing I've ever seen in the market. And now here in the, the teens, the 2010s decade, we, we went into the COVID crash. So, and, and we had some other big crashes, too. Fourth quarter of, of 2018, we had a pretty big crash, especially in tech. So... Yes, it's been generally higher, but newsflash, the market is always generally higher. So the turbulence, the fluctuation, the volatility of stocks doesn't doesn't go away when interest rates are declining as they were for 40-some years from 1980. But let's look at what happened uh, during during this whole time. We, we have several decades of a rising interest rate and then several decades of a falling interest rate. How did stocks do? Pretty well throughout the whole thing. 1950s, the, the S&P 500 rose some 21% per year in the second half of that decade. In the 1960s, about 8% per year. In the 1970s, about 6%. Now, interest rates were rising in those three decades, but stocks did just fine. The thing that killed their real return in the 1970s, that is, after we factor in inflation, was that high inflation. When we adjusted for inflation, stock returns in the 1970s were negative. You know, this kind of thing where if you're making 10%, let's say you made 10% one year in stocks, but inflation is 12%, well, you lost ground. So that's what happens with the real return when inflation is high, as it was in the 1970s. And that is why, to stock investors, a high inflation rate is way worse than a high interest rate. So the whole difference in these three decades was inflation. It was 2% per year in the 1950s, 2.3% in the 60s, but 7% in the 1970s, right? Well, with stocks up about 6% per year and inflation up 7% per year, you can see why stock investors were not happy in the 1970s. For stocks, high inflation is much worse than high interest rates. Now, let's see how the stock market itself responds to the two different conditions of rising and falling inflation and rising and falling interest rates, just to get a more, a a finer point comparison of, of how much more sensitive the stock market is to inflation than interest rates. We'll get to that next. Let's look at data showing that the stock market is much more sensitive to inflation than it is to interest rates. To, to look at that, we're going to bring in data from the New York University Leonard in Stern School of Business. Uh, these are the average annual returns of the S&P 500 in years of rising or falling inflation and rising or falling interest rates. So here we go, S&P 500 in rising or falling inflation and interest rate years. Up 5.5% in rising inflation years, up 14.7% in falling inflation years, up 9.7% in rising interest rate years, up 9.6% in falling interest rate years. This is pretty encouraging, wouldn't you say? Stocks obviously don't care all that much about interest rates. The S&P 500 has risen about the same, whether they're rising or falling, but actually a little more in rising years. 
The other thing to keep in mind here is we are nowhere close to a damaging federal funds rate. That's another thing that, look, we're, we're going from zero, okay? When, when, you, when you go from zero to anything higher, it feels like it's way higher, right? It's not way higher. We're at 3%, all right? Think back to that, that table from the last section from the St. Louis Fed. Come on, interest rates have been higher than 3% starting in January 1960 when they were 4%, then went to 9% in 1970, 14% in 1980, 8% in 1990, 5% in January 2000. Right, we're talking about going back to a, a fairly typical interest rate that existed for most of history. We're not talking about a damaging interest rate. We're talking about a, a fairly normal interest rate that we're going to be getting back to here, and that's why stocks don't care that much. Businesses adjust, the economy adjusts, everybody can adjust to higher interest rates. It's runaway inflation that kills them, and that's what ends up hurting the stock market. All right, uh, now. Going back to that table from the NYU Stern School of Business, notice that the best stock market performance by these metrics of, of inflation and interest rates was during falling inflation years, right? Stocks rose only 5.5% on average in rising inflation years, but 14.7% in falling inflation years. That's much higher than they do in either situation with interest rates. And, and let's, that was just rising or falling ones, not absolute levels of interest rates. I would argue that even if we do top out somewhere around 5%, that's just not that, that big a deal. That's below the long-term average of the federal funds rate. Mortgage rates are still below their long-term average. So we're, we're talking about fairly green zone territory for the economy and the stock market here. But here's what I think is the most salient point. We are heading toward a period of falling inflation. All right? Do you, do you really think we're not? Not you specifically. I'm sort of talking to the, the collective of pundits out there who act as though inflation is going to stick around forever. Really? Really? You think so? We, oil is at its cheapest since January. That's a big contributor to inflation, right? Everybody going to the gas station used to cost 40 bucks to fill up now it's 50 or it used to cost 30 now it's now it's now it's 50 it's been nuts everybody's been talking about it for months well that's changing food prices have been higher they're starting to come down not not quickly but the trends are down i've covered this a lot in, in other places and uh, we we see we see rents coming down we see housing cooling off we see oil at its cheapest price since january we have uh, we have in rates of inflation that are at their lowest since last December. And they, they haven't leaked into the main headline reports yet, but they will. And they're starting to taper. They're, they're starting to come down even before the Fed is close to the end of its interest rate raising campaign. I just think it's, it's beyond any type of doubt that inflation is going to start going down. The Fed is going to succeed. And that brings us back to this idea that in falling inflation years, the S&P 500 rises the highest amount on this table, 14.7%, which is more than double what it does in rising inflation years and in about 50% higher than it does in either situation with interest rates. That is a very good tailwind that is going to be coming to the stock market, which is why you should be encouraged to hold on or buy more as the Kelly Letter will be, will be doing this weekend. Not a lot more based on the buying power we have, but more. And that's definitely the right spirit. 
you hold or buy when prices are down this low, there's no other choice to make, which makes it pretty simple. There's only only two things to do here, and, and they're, they both involve taking advantage of these, these low prices we have. And I think this data is very important as a way to hold on to hope, which is why I wanted to share it here with a wider audience than just the Kelly letter. Because I know from my inbox and from talking to people that the mood is low. There doesn't seem to be much reason to hope at all out there. And all you hear about is, is recession, crashing stocks, falling earnings estimates, war in Ukraine, gas crisis and uh, energy crisis in Europe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's dark across the board, and there's no reason to hold on to hope at all because stocks will do nothing but go down. Wrong. Wrong. You have probably suffered as much as you're going to suffer in this cycle. Um, not much more. It might go down a little bit more, but probably not much more. And I realize that's a speculation. I don't do much of that. But just with sentiment this low, inflation starting to roll over, the Fed fairly far along in its campaign and projecting the to top out at less than a damaging interest rate, I think things are actually aligning up pretty nicely for somebody who has already taken advantage of low stock prices or is getting ready to do so. I hope you're in that group because I think this is going to come out just fine. It always has in the past. And uh, those who stuck with it through these periods of despondency have been rewarded for it in the end. And I hope we can count you among that crowd sometime in the next, what shall we say, three months, six months, nine months, who knows. But in the future, because remember, the stock market loves falling inflation years, and we're probably coming up on exactly one of those. All right, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I'm Jason Kelly. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. We've got plenty of links for that at jasonkelly.com to all the platforms, and I'm sure one that you like. If you have a moment, please leave me a review somewhere, and better than that, sign up for the Kelly Letter. Our big third quarter signal is coming up this very weekend, so you could align yourself with the letter if you're not already aligned. Those of you who are current subscribers, thank you for doing business with me. It is a pleasure having you. We've been through a lot together, and we're still going through a lot together. And that makes us fast friends, doesn't it? Come what may, we've got each other. And that counts this time, too. So thank you again. I will see you Sunday.